there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. I've got a great show planned for you today. It will, by necessity, be shorter than usual. I've got an interview I'm recording tonight that I'll be playing tomorrow that uh, I already shouted out, but I'm not going to say anything about it just yet. But it's going to be a really great interview that's going to be coming out tomorrow, so keep your eyes out for that. But it's a really important show today. It's actually something that I already touched on. And I'm actually mad at myself that I, it, it was one of the things uh, that I saw. It was about, uh, about a month ago, I think. It, this study came out in September. Angela sent me this study like about a month ago. And I didn't have time to get into it in depth before the show I was doing. So I simply highlighted one line that just kind of encapsulated how ridiculous this was. Had planned to go back to it and got buried with a thousand other things. Now it's starting to break through on the Twitterverse and people are talking about it. And so I wanted to make sure we came back to this and revisited this to study and really showed you the important parts of it that I never really came back to. And it is just mind blowing. The kind of thing, the kind of arguments being made right now about the, just the, the grasping efforts to, to grab at anything other than what's right in front of them. Now, what I'm going to go through today in the study is it's going to be a very objective overview to point out how the things they're discussing, of course, are possible and, of course, do have some effect. But it's like choosing something that has a 1% effect on the thing we're seeing everywhere in the world and saying that's most likely causing everything while you have something that is directly connected to that thing in 50 different ways. Peer-reviewed science everywhere saying it causes that thing. It can lead to that thing. It can be, you know, I mean, you know exactly what I'm getting at. We're talking about blood clots, heart attacks, all the things we're seeing directly caused by this injection. That have, by the way, now been admitted to being caused by those, but super rare they're still maintaining, which is just childish i mean really ridiculous as the trust the science crowd continues to run screaming from the peer-reviewed science and the body of evidence that continues to show you what's happening now we're going to go through this today and show you how incredibly illogical and dangerous like actually dangerous this is but we're also going to talk about kind of how this works in together to potentially the shifting field of conversation around misinformation medical misinformation and how I think they're beginning to shift into, you know, they in this case being the, the powers that shouldn't be the agenda creators, whether we're talking about intelligence or the, the government itself and in their agenda to frame certain groups as certain things to shift away from the medical misinformation so they can begin to just blatantly lie like that doesn't even matter in, in the past. They were doing that anyway, but coming out with things like this to just say, well, here's what's going on with nothing to really back it up other than some kind of correlation. And then shifting people into the hate speech, you know, terrorist kind of discussion framing, like people like myself, for example. And we're already seeing this happen. And we're going to start with a really interesting story today showing you how this almost came out a little too early in regard to somebody who was just arrested for a Facebook post making a joke about the, the entire pandemic discussion. Arrested and then charged under the anti-terrorism law. Now, how you even make sense of that 
it's up to you. But I think the connection is that this is where this is leading, right? We already see this. Actually, as we're doing this, as I'm going to get ready, I want to see if I can grab something really quickly that I forgot to include today because today was meant to be reasonably shorter. Um, I Let's see if he sent me this. I don't think I got it yet. We, there was a clip today. That's too bad. Uh, on on AM Wake Up, we were talking about a clip from a senator who she was saying that violence, these words are now violence. Now I'll see if I can't pick that up as we go, but keep that in mind today. It's just starting with that discussion before we jump in. They're now shifting into that frame, which has already been done. Biden already has executive order calling medical misinformation, hate speech, like actual violence, even using the term domestic terrorist for words, right? And saying that these things are violence. And you can you obviously see how that can be used against people like us, even though we're being continually proven to be objective and not saying this is that or that is that. But really, could it be this and being censored for having the right conversation too early? Could this cause myocarditis? Censored. Now it's causing myocarditis. And it always was. We just weren't supposed to say it yet. That was my original account. And then you go from there, so on and so on. Blood clots was one. I think that was my middle account. It doesn't even matter. But they're now shifting into this and saying, well, you're using words that are leading to violence and therefore you're a terrorist. You can call it a stochastic terrorist or whatever the terms they're using today. Or you can they're just blatantly calling you a domestic terrorist that are killing that is killing people. Now, we're not just going to talk about that today in the middle discussion of, you know, the absurdity of the study, but we're also going to get into the. The, the latter half of this and how there are other discussions being had on top of all of this that are also doing the same kind of thing, essentially gaslighting, telling you that you're wrong about all the things you're seeing. And here's the perfect on cherry on top one one stop shop excuse for while all of that stuff is misinformation. Now, let's go through it today and start with this uh, study or excuse me, just article about. A person who posted something on Facebook and got arrested for it. Interestingly enough, the ACLU stepping in to defend him, which, you know, it, it, it wouldn't it's not what I would have expected. But let's not always pretend like any these groups are all one thing. Right. I mean, I don't believe that these groups are, you know, the funding of them, the administrations really doing things the way that we think they are sort of like the, you know, National Endowment for Democracy is not really spreading democracy. It's really a Trojan horse of regime change around the world. And that's not even a secret. They openly discuss that that's how they conduct. We do what the CIA used to do clandestine fashion today, right? And you know, that's their words. That's how a lot of this stuff works. So in the case of the ACLU, you know, there's plenty of people that probably work there that think they're doing the right thing and fighting for the right things. But there's plenty of examples from how they really toe the line in a lot of ways and ignore things that they absolutely should be fighting for. But that doesn't mean that everybody there is that way. So in this case, maybe this is organic. Maybe this is showing you it's a larger manipulation. But either way, the LC ACLU of Louisiana and uh, and partners, uh, excuse me, uh, um, and partners of them file amicus brief defending rights of man arrested for Facebook joke. So it says the ACLU of Louisiana, Cato Institute and Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression a group itself have filed an amicus brief in the United States Court Appeals of the Fifth Circuit against the uh, Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office for violating Wyland Bailey's free speech rights after he made a joke on Facebook, literally comparing COVID-19 pandemic to a zombie apocalypse. I mean, it, there's no questioning it was meant to, regardless of the point, can still be a lucid point. He was making it as a hyperbolic point, a joke, right? Not to say that we're literally turning people into zombies, but, you know, maybe. <laughs> the point being, it's just like, it's a it's an overzealous joke, and it's obviously meant to be taken as a joke. But you're, that's the point. You're just not allowed to question anything, even in a joking fashion today. 
And what's interesting is why the sheriff's office decided to step in and arrest this person. Now, you could argue it's because they thought they were doing the right thing. I don't know how that's even possible. How in the world a sheriff would argue that they think their mandate is to step over this, step over the Constitution and arrest somebody for a post on social media that is a joke because it violates anti-terrorism laws, which was what his argument was. Or or is this just a person who's so hyped up on the superiority, the idea that they're right about this discussion, that this guy's killing people by joking about COVID-19 and therefore creating vaccine hesitancy or whatever their logic is, that he has the right to do this and just picks anti-terrorism? Because why not? Because we all know these COVID anti-vaxxers are dangerous. Whatever their mindset is, this is wrong. And there's not even a logical conclusion to this. It says, following the Facebook post, the sheriff's office assigned a detective to the case. Right there. A detective to what case? To find out why he posted it? Well, no, they don't even care why he posted it. They want this person to be punished for posting that thing. There's no detective. Like, as a detective, I would have been like, I I mean, what exactly do you think I'm supposed to do here? (laughs) Like, there's nothing to detect. All the evidence is on the table. The only thing left to do is do something if we think we have a right to. And they didn't. I mean, they did do something. They don't have a right to do something here. But he showed up to Bailey's house. Not only alone to say, hey, your benign, nonviolent post is a problem. They showed up with a SWAT team, a fully armed SWAT team. You know, like the like, remember what we used to pretend SWAT was in the movies and stuff? It's these, you know, hard, grizzled, active, like post-military, like for this guy, a, a random guy at his house who posted on Facebook, a SWAT team, and arrested him for this joke. Now, as much as this is almost kind of comical, this is very serious. You need, we need to realize where the trans, this translates to exactly what I'm doing right now. Or just how about my post of the show on Facebook or Twitter that says these things are happening. These injections are hurting people. Is that how is that? I mean, that's actually just a blatant statement, not even a joke. So I don't even see why this is a far jump. I mean, they could be showing up tomorrow for all I know, right? I mean, this is really where we are. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to stop doing what I know are my rights, both as the country, but as a human being, to point to objectively point out what's going on and discuss these things. But this is a real thing, guys. I mean, we should be very concerned about this. And I'm not trying to be fear fear monger or hype or hyperbolic or any of that. This is a very real thing that is happening now. And they've already laid the table. We just need to start mobilizing action-wise, not violence-wise, to do something about this and raise awareness about how this is happening. And the real thing, I would argue, in any kind of real pushback, is to touch base with the local authorities in your local town. Make sure your local sheriff is aware of how wildly outside the realm of the law this is and ask what his thoughts are or her thoughts and ask, wait, what do you think, right? Are you online? Do you, do you care about my rights or do you care about the narrative, right? Do, the, starting locally is really important. Now, he says, quote, It is absurd that a law enforcement agency, this is the ACLU speaking, believes it has the power to show up to someone's doorstep and arrest them for a joke they made on the Internet. Doesn't matter. See, the point is, it doesn't even matter the context. Doesn't matter if it was a Holocaust joke. Doesn't matter if it was a COVID joke. It's a joke. And you can say it's disgusting. You can say it's in bad taste. But you cannot start arguing that because of whatever narrative you put around it, that that person is committing violence. But that's where we are right now. This is according to the ACLU of Louisiana legal director, Nora Ahmed. Quote, it's not a crime to make a joke on the Internet, period. 
And it can't be because the First Amendment protects speech in cyberspace just as much as in physical spaces. The point is they're not respecting the Constitution. You know, one of the primary things they're supposed to be doing, the thing they swear an oath to. But overzealous local officials don't always honor that constitutional guarantee, rendering the grant of qualified immunity by the lower court here erroneous, which we'll get to in a minute. During the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, the article writes, Bailey saw a friend make a coronavirus joke on Facebook, then posted one himself. First of all, I guess we have to wonder why the other guy didn't get arrested, right? <laughs> right? It's just selectively picking who's breaking the law. He compared the COVID-19 situation to a zombie apocalypse, joking that the local sheriff's office would soon be shooting the infected. Now, yeah, I, I can promise you what they're going to try to use this as is to claim he was somehow wink, wink, arguing he wanted to shoot people that were infected with the injection or whatever. It's not what he said, though. And that's how this works. It's all about the way they want to frame it, not what really happened. Now, this is my opinion right there. But it goes on to say the officer later uh, came to Bailey's home and arrested him, claiming his joke violated a state anti-terrorism law. That's not joke. That is real. He told him he was violating an anti-terrorism law by posting a joke about COVID-19 on Facebook. Now, however, when presented with the allegations, guess what happened? The district attorney dropped the case. So at least at some level, we can see that just because there's a clear agenda, that not everybody's an absolute moron that's willing to go over the top and act like this complete what this this sheriff that should not have his job. The, the, the attorney, clearly, even if he wanted to make this person pay for the anti-COVID rhetoric, realized that there's literally no way you could make this stick unless we're in a place where there is no law anymore, no justice, which in some places that seems to be happening. But either way, he dropped the case, which probably made this sheriff feel really stupid. At the very least, showed you that what he was doing was completely unjustified. When Bailey brought a civil rights lawsuit, rightly so, the sheriff and the detective responsible for Bailey's arrest were granted qualified immunity. Now, how do you explain that? How do you get qualified immunity? There's nothing right about what they did. The, the attorney even willfully dropped the case because it's completely baseless. How are you committing an anti-terrorism crime or violating that law? There's not even a connection there. But they got qualified immunity. From who, I would wonder. But the point is they got immunity because, you know what, they're doing what we all think we want to do is, you know, take into task these anti-vaxxers. That's my opinion. But I'm, it's hard to start missing how there's this weird kind of club now behind the scenes where some things are kind of ignored because, you know, they're gross and they have bad ideas. That's how this works now. Free speech, be damned, right? Be damned. But it goes on to say the court also said that Bailey didn't have any free speech rights to make a joke in the first place. Let me say that again. The court said Bailey didn't have any free speech rights to make a joke in the first place, relying on World, Era, World War I era cases about opposing the draft during wartime. Like, none of this makes much sense. At the end of the day, at least he didn't get arrested and charged for a ridiculous crime, but they're still establishing, essentially, that you don't have the right to make a joke, let alone state a contradictory narrative or statement based on the facts or not, about what the government is saying. This is a big, dangerous step in the wrong direction, even though he got off, not got off or got rightly released. But the point here, guys, is this is damn where everywhere right now. And I just the real point here to, to really carry over the rest of the show is the fact that they tried to frame this as anti-terrorism law. And that's not by accident, in my opinion. I think this is where this is going. 
just like Biden's executive order framed it as domestic terrorism to simply spread what they said was misinformation, which, by the way, includes people who do it by accident, whether you think so or not. Now, here's an interesting overlap that we just pointed at. November 27th, Pfizer CEO, who said online misinformation is criminal, which he did, is literally found guilty of misleading vaccine statements. So he's going to be arrested tomorrow, right? Nope, of course not. But the guy joking was tried. He, they tried. <laughs> this guy, no big deal, though, because he was just by accident, probably. You know, it, there's no accountability and there's no. What's the right word I'm looking for? It's not equal. Right. It's a two, it's obviously a two, three, four, five tier system here where all sorts of powerful people have different rules they live by. But the real point, I just went over this the other day just to reiterate it. The complaint accused Dr. Borla of making disgracefully misleading comments about vaccinating children and that the comments were, quote, extremely promotional in nature. You know what Pfizer typically does lies about what they're doing to make money and which they've been caught for about, you know, 10 plus billion dollars over the last 10 years, 20 years. No. Yeah, it was. 12 years in 2010 is where that thing started the tracker for pfizer and you know whatever since i since i brought it up pfizer tracker oh it's weird it doesn't pop up this time let's see if it comes up this way there we go they did update this recently uh oh no it was year 2000 okay so the last 22 years over 10 billion dollars one of the most expensive things they've paid out for Unapproved promotion of medical products. <laughs> Shocking. Not like we've ever seen that before, except just a moment ago. False Claims Act, right? 20 different times they've been caught lying about that. But let's pretend like this wouldn't happen now. Anyway, the point is, lied about this. Promoted this thing, saying children need this. And that he violated several clauses of the code of practice by the Association of the British Pharmaceutical Industry. Quote, there is simply no evidence that healthy school children in the UK are at significant risk from SARS-CoV-2. In fact, there's an entire body of peer-reviewed science showing that they're not at risk. And to imply that they are is disgracefully misleading, says the complaint. Now, at this point, you might think, well, you know, they, they, this seems like people who see the reality are pushing back and trying to hold them accountable, but the system won't let it happen. But guess what? Now, we already saw this in the Telegraph. The Telegraph reported Pfizer appealed against the findings of the panel and strongly disagreed because they're hoping that the broken system keeps their lie going, right? The truth is the science does not back up what he's saying. They know that, but he's going to appeal anyway in hopes that somebody pulls these strings. That's how I see it. Either way, they know that's not what the reality is. So they pushed back. The company argued that Dr. Bowler's remarks were based on, quote, up-to-date scientific evidence. It's simply not true. And that they could be proven through publicly available independent benefit risk and assessments right it's not exactly what they said the first time but here's the point the appeal board of the government or rather specifically in the uk but of the uh where is it again the association of the british pharmaceutical industry so it's, this is not some kind of independent this is like a mainstream entity the appeal board upheld that he misled the public I just it's just so important to not to, uh, to reiterate again, because the point is that people out there who are acting like this is, you know, anti-vaxxers pushing back their very mainstream grouping of the pharmaceutical industry just said he made false claims. They were unbalanced and made unsubstantiated claims. They, they appealed. They pushed it back and said, Pfizer and you guys are wrong. Now, they didn't try to push it even further. Discredit the but you know, this the other claim about Pfizer discrediting the industry and so on. The bottom line, though, is he was wrong. He pushed back even harder and said, no, nope, science proves it. They said, no, Borla, you're wrong. Over. This is where we are right now. They are desperate to push back on this, but even people in the mainstream are, are, are I, you know, 
pushing back at the very least. This is everywhere. Now, I feel like I was going to end with a point that I wanted to show real quick. Either way, it, it's relevant right now. This is from Justin Hart. The point is that this is the Fauci documentary, right? Now, we all know how this thing works, and it's usually like this, by the way. Industry says one thing, people say another thing. For those in the podcast, it's the Fauci documentary, and it's like the tomato meter and the audience score. We've all seen that, right? Well, the, fa- the tomato meter gave it 91%. <laughs> Meanwhile, the audience said 4%. It just, we need to see how there's a big, gigantic chasm between what most people think right now and what the industry and the establishment and the governments are trying to tell you everybody thinks. It's not the same thing. Very important to understand. Just like this, Borla lied to you. He knew he lied to you. He tried to hide that with force. They said, you're wrong, sit down. And meanwhile, there are still people telling us we're wrong for saying what he just got or saying the opposite of what he's saying right here. Now, bringing it back to the idea of misinformation, I find it very, very telling that Twitter, Elon Musk and Twitter basically just said they claim they put an end to Twitter's medical censorship. As it says about this report, as the global community faces the COVID-19 pandemic together, Twitter is helping people find reliable information. It says down here, effective November 23rd, Twitter is no longer enforcing the COVID-19 misleading information policy. Interesting. Right? So think about that. What's happening? Why did that shift at the same time when they're seemingly pulling away from the claim and going to something more severe? You know, that you're a terrorist and you're putting people's lives in danger by spreading misinformation. But, you know, it doesn't have to be medical in nature, just in general, right? Seemingly important to point out that that's what I was just turned down for. Even though my original account, TLA Vagabond was suspended for medical misinformation. Weirdly, when I put this again appeal through that came back on the 22nd, it turned, they claimed I was conducting hateful conduct, me, saying that it was promoting violence against direct or directly attacking or threatening people, me, the person who near daily advocates for nonviolence. That makes sense, right? Somehow, in the process between when this got suspended and now, I committed new, new acts on this account that I wasn't using, apparently. Or something else is going on. Now, hopefully this is some rogue employee, which is what everyone blames when they don't want to point at Elon Musk. And maybe I'll be brought back this week. Who knows? I'm not feeling hopeful about it. But you know what? I'm not going to think anything is genuine until we, I personally see that happen. Because I know I've been censored on absolutely ridiculous grounds where I've later been proven to be correct. I know that. I'm not asking everyone to believe that I know that because I know that. But do your due diligence and you'll see. All the things we were censored for have later come to pass as fact. All of them. The point, though, is as they shift away from this, I find it very telling that that's where my narrative gets shifted to. Everyone seems to be shifting away. Interesting. Now, somebody underneath this goes, by the way, either way, regardless of my concerns of where it's going, that is a good thing. Right. Just so that's very clear. But this guy says, so kooks and cons can freely spread their nonsense. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, man. Any other questions? Like, I mean, think about how dumb like, this is where we are in this country where they've literally convinced people or I'm assuming they're in this country, but this is happening in this country specifically where they've literally driven people in this country to call for the removal of their own rights. Think about how wild that is. You mean people could just say what they want? Yes. Now, you may not like what they say, but that's called free speech, bud. And the problem is that you guys have been convinced that free speech is the problem. So you attack it, even though we're not saying free speech. They just say limited is now free speech. We are in living in Orwell's 1984 mixed over with Brave New World. More seemingly these days, just leaning more into Brave New World. We're going to medicate you if you don't realize this. It's crazy where this is going. 
Anyway, I just think it's really hilarious. You'll just underneath this post, there's an endless amount of comments about people spread, you know, they're going to be spreading fake news. It's like, well, they're allowed to. That's the point. And by the way, that's what's still happening on Twitter. As all of the corporate outlets are constantly spreading misinformation, people just don't, the people that agree with it just don't want to say that. Now, bringing this over into the point of the, of the show today, this is a the, the study, and I just want to shout, this is what reminded me to look back at that. I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that study. Christine Anderson points this out. This is how they're playing it now. U.S. government post-study on official website. Well, I don't think it was technically the U.S. government posted it. I'll show, we'll go into it right now, because as far as I could tell, this was uh, biomedicine Taipei, and it does seem to suggest that, hold on, just in case, I don't want to miss all my, screw up all of my highlighting. I forgot to look back at this. I did see them saying this. I'll come back to it. I don't want to click the, I think you can click the author information without it changing the whole page, but any case, I'll come back to it. But the point is they're all kind of similar saying this on Twitter right now. I, I think it's just a PubMed is a government run website. It's .gov, but to say it's a government post that they posted it, I'm not sure. I'll go through it when it loads in a second, but it says adverse effects from MRNA injections are due to stress caused by anti-vaxxers. I mean, they're just like my title says, they're literally trying to argue in a really clumsy way. And we're going to go through the whole thing. Also, James Melville, and, and I don't know if he meant an abstract or he just meant an extract from the, the study, but he also says U.S. government website. Now, that is correct. OK, here we go. Let's look. Author information. OK, so, yeah, see, this is full spectrum bio, biologics, which we've talked about before in Australia. Full spectrum biologics. Same thing. Australia corresponding author. Uh, Raymond D. Palmer. So as far as I can tell, this is not a U.S. government posted study, but it is posted on the National Library of Medicine, PubMed, which is a government site, PubMed.gov, or rather specifically NCBI.gov. But the point, oh, and by the way, guess what? So if you if you look at this study right before, it looked normal. It looked like this, right? Shockingly, though, now that it's getting all this attention, if you click on it now, which thank you, Christine Anderson, for posting the site, I, oh, I think he did too, actually. Yeah, thank you both of them for posting the link. If you click on it right now, this is what it looks like. It's the one I've opened, but I'll open it again. Oh, look at that. So now, it's, now it went back, apparently. This is how it was coming out before. Still had the information, technically, all the way down here. But it was very strange that it was coming up in a weird, loaded way. I just thought that was interesting. But it also says right here, an official website of the U.S. government. Maybe that's why they were saying that. I'm not sure. But now it looks like, let me load this one and see if it goes back. Oh, yeah, now it's back to normal. Who knows what they changed while that was going on? That's my first thought. But all that aside, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. Let's get rid of this stuff and get to the study itself. Okay. On the way back machine. So this is the very first post. So if they did change something, this, this will be the original. COVID-19 vaccines and the misinterpretation of perceived side effects. Clarity on the safety of vaccines. Now, I love how the state, the title itself doesn't make it sound like we're going to find out. This is just the, this is the misinterpretation of side effects. Perceived side effects. Like everything about this is about undermining the reality of what's happening. With very little evidence, by the way. Now, they are pointing to other peer, other studies, many of them peer-reviewed, to say, you know, well, stress can lead to heart attacks. Now, is anybody confused that that's possible, right? That stress, like, it's very rare that just being stressed in a situation will cause a heart attack, right? But usually it's a stress and, add, you know, and that you're also eating unhealthy and that you don't run and work out and, and that stress does becomes the catalyst. Right. But it has a factor. So do a lot of other things. You know, what one of them is two injections and the inflammatory things inside of them. But they don't include that in the conversation. Right. Gee, it's as you're grasping for all the possibilities the weird, the one thing you leave out is the most obvious thing in front of you. 
right? The gigantic Pfizer elephant in the room. We don't bring up the fact that, wait a minute, here's one thing that they've admitted can cause blood clots, but we're not even going to bring that up. That's not even part of the conversation, right? It must just be stress and anger and concern about the claims from anti-vaxxers. And get ready for this, guys, because this is pretty ridiculous. Now, it says in the, 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 the one sentence I read last time and meant to come back to the next day was fear mongering and misinformation being peddled by people with no scientific training to terrorize people into staying unvaccinated is not just causing people to remain susceptible to viral outbreaks, but could also be causing more side effects. Right. The point was acting like everybody talking about this is just people with no scientific training. You know, the unscientifically trained people like Dr. Peter McCullough or Dr. Robert Malone or Dr. Bhakti or on and on and on. All those unscientific anti-conspiracy, right? It's, it's just such a clumsy, hollow argument that anybody with two brain cells to rub together can see that that's not the entire picture. So the moment you read that, you should go, really? That's how you start this thing based on completely provable, provably false information? Anyway, let's go through it. In the era of COVID-19 and mass vaccination programs, the anti-vaccination movement across the world is currently at an all-time high. Or what they're framing it as is people with genuine concerns are all anti-vaccine. Despite the fact these are half of them are people that previously took vaccines, right? The person with a vaccine injury who took two of them and then their family member died or they got a problem are suddenly anti-vax because they're worried about the current injection. Despite the fact that they're getting a flu shot, right? The people literally who have two shots in their body and don't get a third are called anti-vaccine. I mean, th that's why I'm continually pointing out that most people see through this right now because it's just impossible to miss. I saw a funny meme today showing a, 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 a sheep or a ram on a boulder between two mountains, kind of like caught between them, standing on it. And on one side, it says endless booster shots for the rest of your life. On the other side, it says admitting that you're wrong. <laughs> They're just like stuck in the middle on this rock. Like, well, I don't want to do either. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of the point, right? Eventually, you're going to have to admit that you're wrong because you're also realizing that this is destroying your body. But it says much of this anti-vaccination sentiment could be attributed to the alleged side effects that are the alleged side effects. Think about how dumb that is. Again, guys, are we questioning that that can happen? We shouldn't be. Pfizer, Moderna, even the ones we pretend aren't there anymore, the Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca that they were hoping we'd blame everything on. I think that was their entire purpose. All of them have admitted that they can cause all of these things. They can claim it's the rarest thing since, I mean, it's the, the anything we've ever seen before. It's the rarest thing possible. It still can happen, right? So how can you say alleged side effects? You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just such a game they're playing that are perpetuated across social media. Much of this sentiment could be attributed to the alleged side effects that are perpetuated across social media from anti-vaccine groups. Fear-mongering and misinformation being peddled by people with no scientific training to terrorize people into staying unvaccinated, because that's what we're doing, right? We're trying to shock and scare with fake news. People are not, why, why would we even want to do that? Like, think about the logic there. Like, so our goal is just to stop you from getting your life-saving treatment. That's how they're framing it. I mean, this is as dumb as the arguments they make about foreign bad guys just wanting to murder children like they just want to gas children even though it goes against every agenda they have and it gives the u.s everything it wants but that's just how he wants to do it where's the evidence for that it's the same thing we're just a bunch of maniacs that just want to see people hurt that's the that's what they keep arguing that's what trudeau said that's what people like sean hannity and or, uh, actually it was Piers morgan i'm thinking of all say you're just a bunch of cowards that want to see people hurt spitting in their faces and sharing shouting at grandmas like it's just they're they're pointing at some unknown reality 
staying unvaccinated is not just causing people to remain susceptible to viral outbreaks, but could also be causing more side effects seen in the vaccination process. So scaring people with they claim is lies or truth for that matter, is causing people to have these side effects, not the actual side effects. This brief review will offer data that may demonstrate that misinformation perpetuated by the anti-vaccination movement may be causing more death and side effects from any vaccine. Any of them. So pointing out a problem from a vaccine is more concerning, even if it's actually there, by the way, than the actual problem. This is one of the arguments they make. So by pointing out that this thing can cause side effects is creating the fact that people are getting side effects, not that the vaccine causes them. Think about the mental gymnastics it takes to make this argument. The brief review will offer data that may demonstrate. Let's find out. A mini review of published literature has been conducted and found that mental stress clearly causes uh, vasoconstriction and arterial constriction of the blood vessels. Okay, obviously. You don't need to do an entire study to prove something that's already been profoundly realized. That stress causes those things. Now, does stress immediately translate to blood clots, heart attacks, and everything else we're seeing on the scale we're seeing around the world? Well, no. Are we really going to pretend that by, even if we're lying about things, that that fear will cause the reaction we're seeing around the world and explain all the unexplained, baffling excess death? Well, no, obviously not. So this is just a hollow effort to to gaslight what is being done, because just because it can lead to this in a very slim and small percentage does not mean it's what we're seeing and what's happening. Therefore, it says if subjects are panicked, concerned, stressed or scared of the vaccination, their arteries will constrict and become smaller and in around the time of receiving the vaccine. Perfect. Is that all you need to hear? Is that the science? Right. So next time someone's getting a flu shot, if I'm just like, boo, (laughs) suddenly they're going to have a heart attack once they're done with the vaccine. And it's my fault for scaring somebody. I mean, that's literally the argument that's being made here. But scaring somebody does or can have an effect on these things. So there is a level there that they can that they're correct about. But the argument being that this is causing what we're seeing is completely ridiculous. The biological mechanism. The constriction of veins, arteries, and vessels under mental stress is the most likely cause for where there has been blood clots, strokes, heart attacks, dizziness, fainting, blurred vision, loss of smell, and taste, and that have been experienced shortly after vaccination. I can't, that's their jump right there. The most likely cause? So somebody who is completely healthy has a heart attack in the same room they get the injection, and you're going to claim it's because people told them that that might happen. Not that it's a vaccination that's already been proven to cause that thing in some cases. These, these, this is the reason we keep pointing out that just because it's scientifically posted on a scientific study platform does not mean that it's sound or even that it's peer-reviewed. This is unreal. The extreme mental stress of the patient could most likely be attributed to the fear-mongering and scare tactics used by various anti-vaxxy groups. My God, it is highly likely that many apparent side effects seen shortly after a subject has received a vaccine could be the result of restricted and congested blood flow from blood vessel to arterial constriction caused by emotional distress or placebo based on fear around vaccines. It's just beyond belief that this can be put out. It can be discussed as if it's genuine. Again, the point I'll make the last time. What we're discussing here has an effect on these things, but it's like saying that eating 
a certain eating high high uh, cal caloric food can end up making you fat. But then saying that because like that in that next day, or I mean, what's a better way to put it? I mean, you're, you're taking something that can cause a very small increase in something and acting like that explains away everything we're seeing right now. These are the kind of people making these scientific arguments elsewhere, like around the mask discussion. Like they are willfully ignoring all the scientific tenets of the scientific method of how any of this is supposed to go and simply going, well, here's a correlation and it's a very small one, but that explains everything because we know it's not vaccines. End of story. I mean, that basically sums the entire thing up. It says the science for the vaccines causing blood clots has not been found. That's literally what that says. This is a scientific study saying the science for the vaccines causing blood clots has not been found. But Pfizer admitted it can happen. Moderna's admitted that it can happen. All of them admitted that it has that effect and it can happen. But somehow, magically, there's no science to back it up. Does that make sense? This isn't being retracted. This is going to be up forever. Despite the fact that that sentence is provably incorrect. But other causes for this cascade from vaccines to blood clotting events may be found in existing medical literature. You know, the existing medical literature that also includes the proof that this can cause blood clots. But they ignored that part, apparently, or missed it in their due diligence. The COVID-19 vaccines use many of the same ingredients that have been safely used for many years. Well, first of all, the question of whether those ones are safe in and of themselves is wildly up for debate right now. But lipid nanoparticles are not safe in the case of what we're using them for, and they're on their own documentation are discussed as not for human use. Now, they have an excuse for why these ones are usable today, but the point is nanoparticles by themselves, whether lipid or otherwise, are shown in the NIH study to cause all sorts of problems in the body, including reproductive problems, cancers. That's their study before COVID-19. Then we could talk about the lipid nanoparticles specifically and how that has already been shown to cause problems specifically. Then we can talk about the mRNA itself, which is the only thing they mention as a minor difference, except the problem is, they don't mention the spike protein. What do you know? What a shocking revelation. We skipped over the most problematic part of this. I would argue maybe, you know, there's a question to be had whether the mRNA or the spike protein is the real issue or the primary issue. But the bottom line is this is creating all sorts of very real problems. And the scientific literature is unquestionable. But they simply go, yeah, it's all safe. We've been doing it for years. And the mRNA is only different. It's no big deal. That's it. Anti-vaccination sentiment and the side effects are at an all-time high. That's that's it. That's the only part they get into. You're not going to discuss how mRNA itself is shown to have all these, these side effects. I mean, the problem is these things in and of themselves are shown to have the exact side effects they're dismissing. Every one of them, again, in a small part. So you can't just claim it's that and that alone, like they're trying to do with vaccine scaremongering. Because we're objective, right? The point is that this thing's creating a perfect storm and causing all these problems. I personally believe the spike protein is the most primary problem. But all of them together is what's creating the actual issue. And all they want to do is say, you just scared people. Even though the likelihood of mental stress causing strokes, the likelihood hearts of causing strokes, heart attacks, blood clots. By the way, many of these things having different mechanisms, but just all happening because of scaremongering. They say may at first appear unlikely. Right, so they're trying to get ahead of this. Yeah, we know this sounds ridiculous, but a brief investigation, a brief investigation, fantastic, of current medical literature currently shows, clearly shows, that simple tasks under clinical observ observing conditions, such as public speaking, 
can induce serious adverse outcomes. So how come people don't drop dead every time they're having a public speech? Like the point is it can have these effects, but not to the, if somebody is perfectly healthy and has no provable issues after they're shown to collapse dead suddenly with no problem or no seen problem. How can you then argue that just by being stressed out before the injection or anything else would cause this kind of serious side effect? It's just unbelievable. Like I'm almost speechless that this is being put out. Almost. <laughs> it says this data clearly indicates that's where we are right now, right? So they just went through all the, they're talking about how this results in specific mechanisms that cause these things to happen. Blood vessels are constricted. And a lot of it is about in your mind, right? You believe this and you get stressed out by it and it causes your blood vessels to restrict and therefore everyone's dying from that. This data clearly indicates that mental stress can prevent blood flow far beyond the cardiovascular system, inducing many other aberrations. Therefore, that's what's happening. End of story. At the best case scenario, even if they had a good argument, which they don't, in my opinion, this is correlation at best. On the other side of this, we don't have more. We have far more than correlation. There's provable peer-reviewed studies showing the mechanisms by which, by the mechanisms by which these things happen in the body. None of that's mentioned. Adverse cardiovascular events that were reported from COVID-19 vaccines have been monitored closely by the WHO. Oh, yeah, right. They've been monitored, which means they've ignored most of them and, and dismissed more than 90% of them as anti-vaccine posts that we don't really need to look into, right? Or things like the Scotland discussion where they go, well, we, don't, we already know this isn't happening, so we're not even going to look into this. That's what's happening now. It says, however, Coor et al. does not find any causality from the vaccines listed. Any this one study, right? And what they tend to do in these, which I'll point out in a moment, is point back to something from 2020 and say, this is the reality, even though it's been challenged 35 times over since it came out. But this one study they point at does not find causality. But there's 4,700 of them that do. But we're only going to look at this one. Are we really going to pretend that there's no connection to any of these things, despite the fact that these companies themselves have admitted that that is possible? Post-vaccine smell and taste disorders have also been implicated as a side effect of COVID-19 vaccines. However, both these disorders may be attributed to blood flow disorders and mental stress induced by exactly the same problem. They could be. Like, so as long as we can draw some weird abstract, like picture the, the conspiracy board on Always Sunny with the red string connecting it. Well, as long as we can make some kind of connection and say that there might be a way it could possibly happen, therefore, that's the only thing that we're going to discuss. And anything else is crazy conspiracy theory. Right. They're pointing at smell and taste disorders. You know, the very thing that they associate with long COVID, except now pretending that it's because you're yelling at them and scaring them about vaccine stuff. So which is it then? I thought that was an exact, if they have a smell and taste problem after four weeks, that it's long COVID forever. So which is it then? Doesn't matter. As long as you blame us for it, it doesn't matter, right? The litany of suspected or perceived side effects discussed here from COVID-19 vaccines correlates firmly with well-established vasoconstriction disorders. Well, yeah, you know what else it correlates with? About 40,000 other things, right? The, the perceived side effects or the side effects themselves from anything we're talking about under this discussion is overlapped with about everything under the sun. And by the way, that's intentional. They say, no, 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 that's because of this. No, no, that's because of that. There's correlation everywhere. But because it, this minor slim 1% part of it correlates with the one thing they want to blame, well, there you go. All done. It's over. We, we did it, right? The data presented herein poses an interesting question. Is the fear-mongering around vaccines causing many of these perceived side effects by inducing unnecessary stress in vulnerable people? 
Simple. Is the movement and character, the character of anti-vaccination information that may strike fear into the general population, causing anxiety and vascular constriction, resulting in pathologies such as dizziness, hypernia, fainting, blood clotting, strokes and heart attacks. You know, everything being caused by these injections, right? Even the minor ones. Is it causing your arm to get stiff? Is it causing that, right? Sure, let's blame it on everything on them. The movement and the character of the information. Well, here's an interesting thing to point out. Probably. Not all those things. But if somebody is scared, does it have a 0.01% difference on whether this is happening or whatever, a minor effect? Well, yes. So you could even go as far as to as being objective as possible to argue that that may have an actual effect on what. But the point is that if you hadn't taken the blood clot causing injection, that it wouldn't have even played a factor, right? If my going that's dangerous is enough to make you cause have a heart attack, it's probably because you're pretty sick and eat McDonald's every day, not because I scared you. But did the scaring add to it? Maybe in a small way. You see my point? And they know this. They are absolutely playing on the ignorance and the blind trust of some people in what they see as. The science. The science discussed here clearly establishes, clearly, doesn't it, that anxiety and fear causes vasoconstriction disorders. And you see, that's how they play this. Well, no one's disputing that. What percentage, what degree, and why are you ignoring all of the real obvious things that absolutely are causing this? But they say, because we can establish this can do that, therefore, that's what's happening. That's kind of what they're doing here. And many people fall for that. It says, and that a particular movement that is trying to save people with a profound lack of scientific and medical training, right, same game they played before, from vaccine side effects, may actually be the entire in, the entity causing the majority of side effects. What an easy scapegoat. Simple, guys. You're not responsible. It's all the people trying to inform people about the things you're not telling them. Again, this, the lack of scientific and medical training. Like, do they not realize how insulting and, and pathetic that is when you've got entire organizations of doctors, entire health ministries of other countries? Like, they, like they, I believe it was Denmark that was like, look, we're not even going to give this anymore. Like, we, I think it was one of their individuals in the ministry said, like, I won't even take this myself. Are they all lacking scientific training, you know, from their medical schools? <laughs> Apparently so, according to this study. The parallel in this data is quite clear, it says, and may profoundly exonerate COVID-19 vaccines as ground zero for perceived side effects. There, there's the point of the whole thing. The people that want to are going to glow onto this and say, they've been vindicated. It was all you guys with your dangerous anti-vaccine rhetoric. It's the same narrative as before. Blame the anti-vaxxers because they don't understand. It's as easy as pie for these people to grab onto what makes sure that they're not the fault right? It's not that your teeth are falling out and everything, you're sickly and your immune system collapsed. It's not your fault. It's the anti-vaxxers scaring you so much that all these things are happening. So go get your next booster. And when you have a heart attack, just blame them again because they scared you. Exonerate. A very important word, right? As if they're making sure you read this, it says, exonerate, especially of an official body. Absolve someone from blame or fault of wrongdoing, especially after due consideration of the case. It's a legal term. Sort of like amnesty. It's weird how they're starting to be used, right? They're planting these things in our mind. Well, they've been exonerated. The vaccine's not dangerous anymore. It was all the scaremongering. The placebo effect, funny how it now matters, right, is also a strong marker in potential side effects. As the belief in detrimental side effects, 
called the nocebo effect can cause detrimental side effects. Well, it's funny how when we bring that up around long COVID, you know, even including the, the study that literally says that's what's happening. Let me see if I grab it real quick. Uh, well, that's the one I was grabbing there. Let me see real quick. Uh, do I have it in here? Let's see. Yep, here it is. Perfect. This is the one that I pointed out before. And there's just one study. There's studies that say something different, right? But the point was, this is a gigantic study, a very large peer-reviewed study on one of the most important networks out there. And it very clearly finds that the po- in this large population-based French court suggests that the persistent physical symptoms after COVID-19 infection may be associated more with the belief placebo effect in having been infected, you know, rather than actually being infected. That's what it says. Okay. The point is those things only matter when they want them to, right? No, 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 no. Long COVID is for sure. Despite the fact that the most recent scientific study on science.org says we don't know. The Wikipedia page right now says we don't know what causes this, but we're all going to pretend like we know for sure. And doctors will tell you you have long COVID, even though we can't prove that. And then we'll just pretend that the placebo effect has no bearing on this at all or the nocebo effect. But now it matters because we want to pretend like you are getting side effects because you think they're going to happen. It's not the government's fault. It's not the it's not Pfizer's fault. You're being influenced by anti-vaxxers and then they're going to tell you you have a stroke. So then you go and have a stroke, right? Now go have some McDonald's and watch TV, right? No, no, no. It's just because they scared you. Wild. It says this shows major cause for concern where fear mongering on vaccines is being perpetuated as those with expectations of getting adverse events may increase their risk of experiencing adverse events. Now, by the way, they're not side effects. I can't now. I have to say this when you're talking about it to make sense of it sometimes, but these are just effects. They love to pretend like that's a side effect, not the right. Okay. When you put something in your body, whatever happens is the effect, the effect of the drug. That may be an unwanted effect, but it's not just a side effect. The point is one of the effects of this drug is death. One of the effects of this drug is stroke, heart attack. These aren't side effects. And they seem like to be, they seem to be the prominent effects. If you want my personal opinion. But to this point, guys, do you realize what they're saying right there? Not, they're not even saying false information necessarily. They're just simply saying if you scare somebody, right? Well, what if there's reason to be scared? That's why I had this picture up. Here's the picture from today. Here's what the science says. Vaccines can cause injury and death. Is that false? Well, no. Clearly, people have died from vaccines. But okay, let's just say it's one person in the history of all time. Well, still, vaccines can cause injury and death, even if it's super, super, super rare. Same game they're playing, right? So that's a, that's a true statement, no matter how you want to spin that. The point, though, is they're not saying it's false, therefore you're scaring. They're saying, look, you're scaring people. So even if you're informing them of the reality, they're going to say it's your fault that that happened because you told them it would happen. That's what they're saying in this study. Simply, the expectation of getting them may increase the risk of getting them well how about if it's an actual risk doesn't matter though we're not even factoring that in obesity an interesting addition may also play a role i found this to be very strange okay wait a minute so this whole article is about pretending that it's more so about the fact that we're scaring about things that won't happen and that's making them more likely but then they go yeah but also if you're fat (laughs) okay well wait a minute (laughs) doesn't that then suggest the injection can be dangerous yes what a strange addition It says obesity may play a role in poor outcomes for these people getting the vaccines. Obese subjects also appear to be at higher risk of the problem we discussed earlier. 
it's MSIMI, which is talking about the constriction of the blood vessels and so on. It says, which is consistent with the paper's findings. Okay, what do you mean? If you're obese, that has nothing to do with whether people are being scared into getting high side effects. You're saying they're there. And this is the whole point about all of this, that people that are obese had the, the worst problems in, in the entire situation. And instead of dealing with that and saying, well, exercise, eat better. Here's vitamin D. Here's vitamin C. They just said, take the injection. You know, the injection that has the worst effects on people that are obese. That makes sense, right? Not the worst, but it's one of the worst situations. How do you factor this in with the entire discussion? It says an increase in adverse reactions was also found in obese subjects when using Pfizer's vaccine, period. Next sentence, obesity or poor arterial health may heighten the chances of vaccine side. Yeah, what do you, I mean, of course. So poor, you're having, that should be the first thing discussed. So if you have a heart problem, maybe taking something that causes an increase in heart problems is not a good idea. But that is what that sentence is discussing. But yet their entire argument before this is that it's you hyping up the fear that's causing that to happen. So how do you pretend that being fat causes that to happen? Like, it just blows my mind. The point is, this proves to me that the writer of this article is well aware that what they're doing is not fully accurate. At the very, or not even that, that it's completely reaching and grasping mental gymnastics to make sense of what they want to sell you when they damn well know that this has negative effects for general people. And then even more so for people that are obese, people that have pre-existing conditions, frail people with comorbidities, pregnant women, people with autoimmune disease, all the things they're focusing on. And they know that. In the conclusion, this mini review finds that subjects with a history of heart disease, obesity, poor health combined with all those, right, then they just add combined with extreme stress and fear of vaccines should visit their medical practitioner and discuss the use of therapies or medications such as vaso or arterial dilators or possibly anticoagulants prior to the vaccines. Well, that's an interesting thing to say. Okay, so explain to me why any of that makes sense if all you're saying is they're healthy but scared and we're lying to them about vaccine side effects. So you're literally saying go take an anticoagulant just in case the fear-mongering misinformation causes a heart attack? Think about what's actually happening here. They're arguing that this is not real, but then the first thing in the conclusion says, heart disease, obesity, poor health, go get anticoagulants before the vaccine. Right. They're well aware of what's happening. So we know this is causing heart attacks and blood clots, so let's pretend it's fake news, but still have the findings say, go get the drugs that will potentially stop the vaccine side effects. Interesting, huh? As these measures under professional guidance may assist in maintaining healthy blood flow through a subject system and may offer benefits to ensure adverse reactions from underlying health conditions are not confused with adverse reactions from vaccines. Well, okay, it's interesting how secondary things and underlying health problems are no problem to conflate with COVID-19 deaths. Right. But over here on this side of the game, we go, no, 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 no. It's completely different. And if their heart, the point is, if you're giving someone an injection who has a heart condition, if they die from that, that's the vaccine's fault, whether or not they had a heart condition. This is the same game they play everywhere else. You're the catalyst. You're causing that. The reality should be that you should tell people not to get it if they have that. But they don't care. They're giving it to everybody anywhere, no matter what. The conclusion shows their lie. They know damn well people are being hurt by this, whether or not they have pre-existing conditions. But the point being, if they do, they know that's causing this. And they just side that, side all that up right next to the fact that people are lying. And that's why it's happening. It's mind-blowing. This brief review is not exhaustive, but finds that it is highly probable 
that many adverse reports from recent vaccines are associated with vasoconstriction in conjunction with these problems. The ones they're suggesting are caused by the stress and fear about statements, not the thing they just listed in the conclusion. This paper also presents the opportunity for governments to peer back into the claims of adverse vaccine side effects, you know, theirs, and weigh up the volume of existing health conditions that many of those subjects may have had. This is an excuse. And guess what, guys? Isn't it interesting that this comes out and then right after that, Bayer's gets manip- manipulated and they delete half the study or half the information? You think, you, don't, you think that's coincidence? So they put this out in September. Government should look back and, and adjust the information based on this hypothetical conclusion. And then a month later, half of the baby deaths disappear. The shot three disappears entirely. Like we just went over all this. There you go. Managing this alarmism over perceived vaccine side effects is paramount in delivering fast-to-market solutions for future vaccination programs. What that translates to is we have to shut these people up. We can't have people informing people about the side effects. That way we can't blame it on something else. That's my opinion. The point is they're saying censorship, censorship, censorship. We need to manage the alarmism before we go into the next phase. It says this review is limited. Guess by what? By primarily focusing on vasoconstriction conditions caused by stress response. Oh, okay. So it wasn't science then. You came to this with one conclusion in mind, and all you did was research right into that conclusion. That's called confirmation bias. And that's not scientific study. That's not what this should be in a real study. What they did is they set out to make this statement, and they sure as hell made it. That's quite a limitation, guys. We are living in a very interesting time where this has never been this obvious. I mean, never before. Well, here's another example. This is from Illusion Buster. Share this with me. Thank you for sharing this. Check out how they're twisting this information around. Now, we just talked about the fact that they're acting like, for the first time ever, the majority of people dying are vaccinated. Well, it's not the first time ever. It's been happening for quite a long time now. They're just pretending like it suddenly happened, and they're trying to make an excuse about why. As fewer people get booster shots. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for shouting the pointing this out, Illusion Buster. Here's what it says. November 27th. For the first time, my point from before, the majority of people dying. It's just it's it's the point when the reason they're doing that is because they want they want people to take this as a win. And it's a small win that they're now admitting this, but don't take it because what they're doing is is quietly cementing the idea that it was just a moment ago. A pandemic of the back unvaccinated I, I i personally think based on the data that it was never that ever that right out of the gate this was a problem for the people taking this thing and the majority of people before this had natural immunity which we'll get into in a minute don't forget that that numerous studies found that a majority of adults already had pre-existing activity and antibody responses before this ever started before the vaccination program ever began and they, they chalked it up to possibly the cold or SMERS and SARS. I simply argue on top of that, it could be that if this is a real thing, that we already showed that it was circulating long before we pointed out in China. And, you know, there's all these examples of stuff happening around Fort Detrick in the United States. The point is that that means it wasn't as dangerous as they pretended it was. And either way, if most people already had antibody responses, if they actually cared about science, that would have stopped everything. The point is, don't take this because it wasn't for the first time. And it was never a pandemic of the unvaccinated in my opinion. 
And they also are going to pretend now that the only reason it's happening again, like I'm saying before, and I told you this would happen is because the un- people not getting the shots are causing this to now happen still. That's their point. Anyway, it says the rise in deaths among the, un- the vaccinated is the result of three factors. This doctor says, right now, of course, don't expect to find the obvious in there. You know, the thing that's causing side effects, right? The thing causing blood clots. Nope, not that. A large majority of people in the U.S. have been vaccinated, of course. That's the one thing. Of course, but that is not an argument. Because if the majority of people dying are vaccinated, and the majority of people are, 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 are people, majority of people dying are vaccinated, and the majority of people that are there are vaccinated, at best, that means it's doing nothing. That's a simple breakdown of math. The idea being that if we're talking about this thing that's supposed to reduce severe side effects and death, well, you could argue it would be an overrepresentation of that number because most people are vaccinated, but it wouldn't be the majority. There's no way that makes sense. In this case, it is. And they're showing you that I, I argue it's worse than they're even showing you. Either way, that's a false argument. It says the next one, people who are at the greatest risk of dying from COVID-19 are more likely to be vaccinated and boosted. Okay, well, I mean, that's a weird statement, right? So what they're essentially saying is, these people are at the most risk of dying from COVID. And that's why those are the ones dying. And they're also vaccinated because we vaccinated them first. But doesn't that argument in and of itself seem to suggest that the vaccine's not helping them? <laughs> it's, like, it's just such a strange argument. But they're going to argue that it's just a small percentage, but it's not, though. It's the majority. You see how that doesn't work out? Vaccines lose their effectiveness over time, they say, the third choice. The virus changes to avoid vaccines. Wait a minute. Did they really just admit that? They did. The injections are causing the variants. Oops. And people need to choose to get boosters to continue to be protected. Yeah, remember in the beginning of all this when they swore up and down that it was not going to be a routine thing, multiple boosters and shots for the rest of your life, and they called us all conspiracy theorists? Well, now they're banking on that. Oh, you dumb conspiracy theorists, if you don't get your shot every year, you're the reason this is happening. It's amazing how this is going. That's why people are seeing through this now. My point, though, is they're telling you that they lose effectiveness. The fact that these lose effectiveness over time was also a conspiracy theory until they admitted it. Now it's a fact, right? The virus changes to avoid vaccines. Obviously, that was what we said in the beginning. We were called conspiracy theorists and censored for it. And now they're admitting it as an excuse to justify the current reality. That's what they do when they lie about everything. And people need to choose to get boosters. Choose as they force everybody. You know, again, the booster I'll show you next, which is, having more side effects than anything before it, along with all the ineffectiveness and other side effects. Uh, Side effects, I'll show you what I mean in a second. But it says people aged six months and older who are unvaccinated, they claim, are six times more likely to die of COVID-19 compared to those who got primary set of shots, the Post reported, you know, with no link to look at. How much you want to bet what they're doing is posting at a study from the, the, the Washington Post, I'm assuming, posted probably from 2020 or 2021. That's how this works. And they just point at it and say, well, they said that. Well, what's the current data say? First of all, people six months of age all the way up to 19 are completely gigantically out of risk from this. The most current study from the Ionitis group just showed you that the general worldwide risk is like 0.03%, way less than the flu. People that are this age, it's benign. It's not hurting people. The risk of dying is like 0.0003%. It's a joke. But they're going to say they're six times more likely to die of COVID. It's completely false. It's been proven not to be the reality. That's compared to those who got the primary series of shots. Wait, 
aren't they the ones telling you that after two doses is where the worst problems are happening just to get you to get the booster? But now they're saying that they're safer compared to other people if you got the two shots. Like, this is just mind-bendingly ridiculous. It says the number of Americans who have gotten the most recent booster, you know, this one, that's openly saying that people that got this have 84.6. The rate of adverse reactions for the second booster, the new bivalent one, was significantly higher among those receiving the bivalent compared to the monovalent. 84.6 compared to 51. Think about that. As well as going to the doctor more often and having to take medications. This is hurting people. And they also tell you it's just as good as the other one, which means it's the same and it's bad, right? It's hurting you the same ways in addition to having a stronger adverse reaction side effect. But here they are saying a number of Americans who've gotten the most recent booster has been increasing ahead of the holidays. Now it's up to 12%. Right. So it went up from, what was it last time we looked? 11? Right. 12%, guys, of all the people out there that they've been screaming at for two months are not getting this thing. That is the majority smacking you in the face. CDC data shows that 12% of the U.S. population, age five or older, has received a booster. 12%. Now, don't miss what I keep pointing out from before. And I knew, I told you this would happen. They're just conflating booster with anything else. Right? There, there is no other booster. You're, when they say booster now, they mean the bivalent shot. But most people don't know that who aren't paying attention. See how that game works? But even so, it's still only 12% because people who are taking these things are being hurt by them. Everybody somewhere has an, somebody around them, a family member, a neighbor that's died from this or collapsed or had a heart attack or has constant shakes or bells pop. It's everywhere. Now, they don't want to admit they were wrong in a lot of cases, but people can clearly see that they have stopped taking them. How do you explain that? A new study by the team of researchers from Harvard University and Yale University estimates, estimates, so guesses, that 94% of the U.S. population has been infected with COVID at least once, leaving just one in 20 who have never had the virus. Right. So what do they think they're saying right there? 94%. Didn't we say that was herd immunity a long time ago? Well, the point is, this is why people are exponentially more so getting hurt. Because if this was really what was happening and they were all infected, there's numerous studies that show you what that can do. That if you get the injection after that, it causes all sorts of problems. Your body throws it, everything is thrown out of whack and it gets exponentially worse. I believe it was the, the molecular mimicry or pathogenic priming. Whereas the antibody dependent enhancement is where you get sick first, or rather get the injection and then get sick and it's exponentially worse. Either way, let's not forget what was already said in the beginning. Like, it's like we ju- they've already been forced to admit that natural immunity is there after spending a year pretending it was fake news, how ridiculous that was. But now we don't even talk about it again. If 94% of the population has been infected, you can't pretend it's different because of the new variants because the variants, first of all, only happened because of the injected, which is what we just talked about, but that the studies have shown that they continue to make these happen. First of all, here's the NIH. All the way back in January 2021, which I was screaming about back then, that people were at this time acting like natural immunity was a fake story. And this is what it said right on the the NIH website. Lasting immunity found after recovery from COVID-19. The immune systems of more than 95% of people recovered from COVID had durable memories of the virus up to eight months after the infection. And the only reason they say up to eight months is because that's when the study ended. It was strong and kicking at eight months. It's likely going on a lot longer than that, possibly the rest of your life, which is what science.org said. Possibly durable, lasting, and robust, possibly for the rest of your life. Now, I, don't, I, could go, I could show you 14 of these on the highest regarded platforms out there, but I'll settle for just these two. 
because these are all the ones you really need to see. First of all, understand there's a large body backing all of this up. August 13th, 2021. Ultra-potent antibodies against diverse and highly transmissible SARS-CoV-2 variants. Now, this was later discussed in the context of Omicron, and it's still creating antibodies against the variants of concern right to this point, guys. The main point, the study demonstrates that convalescent subjects, people that got sick right back in the beginning, with and previously infected with the ancestral strain, the very first thing, produce antibodies that cross-neutralize emerging variants of concern with high potency. Oh, shocking we didn't hear that on the news, right? Neither any of the channels. This is the reality. And it's still happening. That is why people are telling you that their vac- unvaccinated patients are not getting sick. The reality being that they're continuing to either have mu- uh, immunity to this or it's not even there and there's no real risk. The bottom line is everything in the conversation shows you that they're telling you that they're not telling you the truth. So the point is, on this, when they're saying 94% of people have been infected, well, yes, there's exactly the reality of why the only thing happening right now are vaccine side effects that they're creating and calling something else. Despite these high exposure numbers, there is still substantial population susceptibility to infection with Omicron. Go back to my show from the day before yesterday and make sure you understand that the Omicron variant, I truly believe, was something that was done. The Botswana discussion, the cover-up of where it started, everyone's pretending it started in South Africa, even right down to the Wikipedia page, and even the Associated Press page that's now seemingly changed what it says and doesn't even mention Botswana in the context of where it started, but that is where it started, and the fact that it was 4 foreign nationals, diplomat immunity, diplomatic immunity, they were diplomats, that all came into Botswana, and that's where it started. Nobody cares about from where or what the details were, and everything changed with Omicron. That's all we hear, right? The point is, they're still. if you were naturally infected and never got the injection, you're still creating immunity to current variants of concern, assuming that's what's actually happening. Finally, it says, they said that if all states achieve the vaccination levels of Vermont, see, we're, we're right back here again, right? Just get enough vaccination. So we've met the, the arbitrary numbers you put out many times already. Reach this percentage and we're good to go. And then, oh, it doesn't have, oh it's anti-vaxxers fault. Okay. What about the places like Samoa, Tonga, you know, 99% vaccination, 100% vaccination, and we have outbreaks. Or a vessel goes out in the middle of the ocean with all 100% vaccination rate. Everybody tested, and an outbreak occurs, right? This is not true. What you're seeing, I argue, are vaccine side effects and whatever's being spread because of the spike protein shedding comp stuff we're talking about, all of which has been proven, admitted to by their own information. The point is, what they're saying, they said that if all states achieve vaccination levels of Vermont, where 55% of people had at least one booster and 22% got a second one, right? So a bivalent shot is what they're talking about right now, the one that's currently hurting people more. There would be a, what they said, be, quote, an appreciable improvement in population immunity with greater relative impact for protection against infection versus severe disease. So we've gone down from 70, 80, down to 55 of a booster, but just, you know, 22 of a second booster, and it's all good. You'll be safe then. Where's the science to that? Where are these numbers coming from? So 55% of the third shot and 22 of the second, of the fourth, and then that makes sense and we're all safe now? Except there's already these other variants circulating and we're pushing new shots. I mean, this is nonsense. The numbers they put out in the beginning were met, nothing changed. 
All they did was jump and blame and point fingers. And now they're just pretending they're just moving it to 55. Like they're so desperate to get this in people's arms. And the point is the bivalent shot, again, is based on specifically BA4 and 5 and the original strain. None of which are even, according to what I understand, the current data, the prominent things anymore. They're all pointing about how this, the, what is it, the X something and the CH1, all these new variants they're pointing at, are very soon to be causing new waves and outbreaks, which means they're predominant. And yet they're still forcing you to take a shot that's completely based on something that's not happening. You know what that's going to guarantee? An another wave of antibody-dependent enhancement, which will be caused COVID-19 or RSV or flu or monkeypox or whatever else they want to call it. This additional protection, they claim, results from both the recovery of immunity lost due to waning and the increased effectiveness of the bivalent booster against Omicron. Right. You know, the immunity, natural-wise, that doesn't wane, that's durable, lasting, and robust, according to every single scientific study about it, but they just state something else. You know, because science. But it's your fault, you dirty anti-vaxxer. You get the point? Here's another one, by the way. On top of the natural immunity point, COVID vaccine destroys natural immunity, which is what we already talked about. This is a New England Journal of Medicine study. Well, this is really, this is the Daily Skeptic talking about it, but we already went over this in our show. The link's right there in the top. Now, again, just to reiterate, this is the, one of the most recent studies, November 8th, of the bivalent shot. It clearly says the rate of adverse reactions for the second booster, meaning the fourth shot, the bivalent shot, was significantly higher among participants receiving the bivalent shot. How are they framing that as a positive thing? Individuals receiving the second booster vaccination with the bivalent shot reported adverse reactions more frequently. Also, there was a trend towards increased rate of inability to work, up to 25% of them, and intake of medications as needed. They're hurting people. Now, to finish this off today, a couple of points about what Fauci is saying that will probably not surprise you at all. Here's what he says. Is this country ready for another pandemic? And are we still in the one we have not, uh, yeah. that we've been talking about? Well, we certainly are still in it. I think you just need to look at the numbers. We're still. Okay, so Biden says we're not in the pandemic. Fauci says we're out of the pandemic phase. But now apparently we've never left it. Right. They're just playing. They're playing games with the words. Right. He'll go, no, I meant we're out of the pandemic phase, but we're still in the pandemic problem. Yeah. You know, how do you really make sense of that? Right. Oh, what they're really going to say if pushed is that well, we're still dealing with the outcome of the pandemic. We're no longer in the pandemic phase but we're going to still pretend like we're at risk like we were in that phase because it could come back tomorrow. So we're not in it anymore. There's no way you could bend that. If we're not in the pandemic phase, if Biden says the pandemic is over, the point is they're only pointing at the unknown and acting like it's going to go on forever because that's what they want. Having between three and which is obviously my opinion, 400 deaths per day. So I, I think the idea that, forget it, this is over. It isn't. We're going into the winter right now. We have the wherewithal to mitigate against another surge. And he means lockdowns, masks, and vaccines. That's what he means. And he's not quiet about that. All the things that have been utterly shown to not be working across the board, and in many cases, never were going to work. Lockdowns, masks, right? The point here is that these pushing back in the same discussion. I mean, think about the reality of what we're saying about this current thing. One thousandth the risk to children was what they said about this. They just say it's super transmissible. Okay, well, there's, there, is there risk? You can't just keep hyping the unknown and say it could lead to that tomorrow. 
That's what they're doing right now. And so they're hyping this. That's why they're overlapping RSV and flu and saying a tridemic and it's all they got to get worse. They don't know any of that. And these things are largely benign in history. So either these are something different and you're pointing at vaccine side effects or you're hyping things that aren't really dangerous to keep people in fear. It's up to us to make sure that doesn't happen. And that's the thing that's very frustrating, Chuck, among public health officials, including myself. We have an updated vaccine booster that we want to do. But the uptake of that is, is you know, less than 15 percent. It's some, somewhere between 11 and 15 percent. We've got to do better than that. Right. So go and take the shot that isn't effective to what's going on in the world right now. Right. That is not about the variants that are spreading, just like the last thing they were pushing. Right. Still trying to get you to take that original shot based on the original strain they, based on a computer screen from China before they ever isolated it, if they ever did. While they claim we were dealing with Delta from a scientific perspective, that made zero sense. And there's plenty of doctors pointing that out. So you're telling me this Delta, yet you're giving me a shot that creates antibodies for something that's different. Yet pretending like that makes sense. No, you're causing people to have problems in their body, just like they've all admitted many times in the past. Even early on in this very discussion, Fauci said it himself. There's another element to safety, and that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. Right. He's exactly talking about what's happening right now. But we aren't even allowed to ask that question right now. Fake news, even though he said that right before this started. Right. That makes sense. Right. What he's talking about is antibody dependent enhancement. The very thing that has been shown to, in fact, be a risk in this exact conversation. Which is what's so mind blowing about this for me. Right. This is something that is actually part of the conversation as of December 2020. Informed consent disclosure. Again, we're talking specifically about COVID-19 disease via antibody-dependent enhancement, right? Saying that these injections, all different kinds of them, may worsen COVID-19 disease via this mechanism. The specific and significant risk of this problem should have already been, even though it wasn't, and should be, and it's not now, prominently independently disclosed to research subjects in trials or currently taking it in order to meet informed consent. They never did that, right? How is that possible? because they're hiding from this. Fauci admits it's possible. We know this is happening. There's examples of it in previous specific mRNA injections and coronavirus points. And here we have this happening right now in the real world. We have an exact mechanism for it. We realize that by producing an antibody response that that produces unneeded antibodies in a time where that's not what's happening, that's a recipe for exactly this. All the pieces are there. They just pretend we're lying about it. It's right in front of you. Right? The entire discussion is that obvious, guys. What all he's going to tell you is go get the shot that's not necessary, that's not working, that's hurting people, that is going to create a problem in your body, or can at the very least. But we're the problem, right? Well, here are very high-regarded experts. Here's a professor, professors from Stanford School of Medicine, MD, PhD, Jay Bhattacharya, right? Not your typical anti-science conspiracy theorist, right? 
He says statements like this from high government officials should be backed by high quality randomized trials that demonstrate 12 month long efficacy versus COVID infection. The government should not act like pharmaceutical company sales staff. Here is Vice President Kamala Harris. One shot, once a year, that's all most people will need to stay protected from COVID year long. Oh, really? You mean the thing that wanes after one day, one to 30 days, it wanes all the way down to 55% relative risk reduction, according to Pfizer's own data, but one shot will keep you safe all year? I mean, right now you're telling us we need another thing after something from a week ago. But yeah, but just trust her, right? I mean, she's not even, she's lying within her own lies. Like the idea that this will keep you safe, even protected from, even if COVID is there, it won't protect you or it won't protect you from what they say it is. Either way, these things are hurting people. And their argument is to just push the idea you need them as a political representative of the government. He's right. She's hawking vaccines. That's what she's doing. Here's another example. Or actually, before I get to it, here's what I said. Her flagrant medical misinformation aside, if I had said exactly what she just said, and we did, by the way, in 2020, that you will need an injection every year. Just like the flu shot, that's where they're going with this. They're going to make this a yearly thing. They yelled you down and said, fake news. You're dangerous for saying that. If we would have said it, and we did, it would have been censored, and it was for misinformation back in 2020. Now, the same exact statement isn't a success. That's it. That's It's working, right? It was always going to be routine boosters, guys. We knew that. Now, for those paying attention, or maybe new to the show, ask yourself how so many of us knew this. And got censored for saying it too early. Just think about that for those that are new. And on that point, just remember that this is what they've already told us. And this was fake news before. We're now watching countries like Israel see their cases surge to spark high vaccination rates. How important are boosters to maintaining this no lockdown plan? And how soon we need to get them so that we can maintain these freedoms we're being promised? We need to get used to being vaccinated with COVID vaccines for the future. Um, I can't see that COVID is not going to be with us forever. Um, Maybe in the future we can have even better vaccines and coverage across the world to achieve that. I mean, as a public health doctor, we always want to have diseases go, um, get totally eliminated, but that's not on the horizon in the near future. So booster doses, repeat doses- It also never happens. You know, there'll be different advice about different schedules, which doses you get. But at the moment, our priority has to be getting first and second doses into people. And there will be recommendations about booster doses in the future. And I can assure you that the Commonwealth Government has produced, has purchased a large quantities of vaccine into 2022. And this will be a regular cycle of vaccination and revaccination. Right. A regular cycle of revaccination for the rest of your life. There's no hiding that. That was fake news when we first said that. Right? Well, here's another clip from Fauci. He says we may have to go back to multiple annual injections against COVID-19. Right? How interesting that now they're already changing the narrative. Oh, well, well, maybe more than one a year. Right? But Kamala comes out and says that because that's the line and it's already being changed. Us, we in the public health arena talk about the likelihood of getting a cadence of maybe once a year that you get it with the flu shot, shot. Mm -hmm. just like the flu shot. But it's a little bit iffy about that. That's good because there's a neatness to that. You know, once a year you get it in the fall. But that doesn't take into account that you have to keep up the possibility 
that we will get a variant that's very different than the variants we have right now that might require a springtime or some summertime boost. Yeah, he's just telling you exactly what's going to happen, right? And by the way, those are already there. I'm not, again, I'm not saying I believe that that's what's happening. These are the narratives they're already putting out. Let's put it that way. They're already saying these are all coming and we predict another wave of these new variants, but hurry up and take the shot that's not related to it. Quick, quick. <laughs> the thing that's going to cause the thing we point at and say COVID. Quick, hurry, get it. It's just, it's painful. But they're going to push it like crazy. And what he's telling you right there is that we need to keep doing this. But you need to get these now to stop that from happening. But there's no connection to taking these now and whether or not that happens because that's already going. They're already pointing at it. I mean, he's well aware of that. This is just an a, a aggressive push to get people injected. These people might as well be pharmaceutical reps. But again, guys, the point to recognize here is that the average person sees through this. It's everywhere. Again, the Fauci documentary, Justin Hart points out, explain, he says, explain to me COVID-19 pandemic in one image. And that's what he posts, right? The people do not agree with the narrative they're sowing as the majority. I made this point about Cuba, right? But before the most recent vote, the U.S. government loves to stand up and act like everybody agrees with their policy, right? The free world stands behind fighting against the terrorists of Cuba or the bad guys in Iran. But that's not true, though. When you actually dive in, you realize that they don't even remotely have a majority. First of all, what they tend to do on the world stage is only regard the people on their side as the ones that matter. When you realize that there's far more countries out there that absolutely always disagree with them, they usually don't have a majority. They just don't care about what those people think, which shows you the kind of disgusting, bigoted, hubristic mindset they have around the world. But the ultimately point here is that if this, this kind of reality is damn near everywhere you look right now. Everywhere. The people don't believe what they're saying. And right now they're going to scream that everybody's on their side. Like the, po- like the point I was going to get to with Cuba is that they basically said uh, everybody agrees with the blockade and what we're doing because they're all terrorists or whatever their childish narrative is. And then when put to a vote, everybody voted it down except them. And of course, that doesn't change anything because they'll just keep it going. Veto, We don't care. But, but, but the UN spoke, right? So silly. There's an example of it right there. The audience score 4%, but they want you to think 91% of people like this or that that's supposed to match. It's so obvious that we're being lied to. Pierre Corey points out, this is as the FDA is doing the same thing Kamala Harris is. You know, the very organization that their entire stated job is to hold to account these exact companies. But again, you know, really doing a great job of that, as you can tell. And where was that? That's weird. Where was that? Oh, here. Just going to show you the Pfizer tracker again. Yeah, really holding them to account. Great job, FDA. But here's what it says. It is insane that the PFDA, you know, Pfizer's FDA, is giving medical treatment advice without authority to do so. He's right, actually. They're not supposed to tell you whether or not to do things. They're supposed to be able... It's the Federal Drug Administration. They're supposed to approve, not approve, safe or not safe. They're not supposed to go do this, do that. They don't have medical... They're not supposed to be doing that. They don't have the authority. This is what regulatory capture looks like. A commercial pushing the most ineffective, toxic, and lethal medical intervention in history. Wake up, or you may never again. And I I completely agree with that. Here's the FDA post. No one likes the side eye. Hashtag update your antibodies and get boosted today. 
don't miss the the constant overlap with the you know the operating system analogies, right? The plug and play platform. This is what Moderna's own website said before they deleted the whole place. And I have on the way back machine. I've showed it before. I'll bring it up. I'm sure at some point in the future again. That's what they called it—a plug and play platform where they pump in the genetic code and they pump out a vaccine, which, by the way, is exactly what happened right out of the gate of this. China said that they sent it over. Nobody proved anything other than the code. And it turns out they admitted later they never even isolated it before they sent that. I still argue they never did. Here we are. Update your antibodies. You know, get your get your computer update, right? It's, it's, I'm not saying that's necessarily what is happening just yet, but that's the analogy they're running with. You not, should not have to update your antibodies. That means your body is not working properly. And get boosted today, of course, right? Go get the one that doesn't work. That's the FDA. Making, trying to say, you're dumb for not doing this. This is crazy. And I'd like to end with a kind of an altered version of what we've played before, sort of. And I think somebody did this differently. It looks like it's uh, Substeb. Appreciate who made this video. This is, they're thanking them right here. If you need a reminder of what propaganda looks like, let's end with this video. Because I agree. This is pretty ridiculous. But thank you for tuning in today. I really appreciate everybody continuing to fight for this, guys, and, and putting yourselves out there because I know it's not easy. They really want you to feel bad about yourself for sticking to your guns. You know, they're, they're trying to weed out integrity in this country, and it's horrific because what they're doing is creating the very thing they pretend they're fighting, probably by design. But you're better than that. You're smarter than that. And you see, I, I mean, we, we see it every single day. So go out there and spread that. Go out there and inform people and help them see this reality. Maybe by playing the show, or maybe by making your own clips of things or just sitting around with people and starting your own groups and discussing the things we talk about. That's what's really important, just to have the dialogue and try to do it with people that don't agree with you, but do it in a way where you can have constructive conversation and may end up being, you know what, we disagree and that's okay. If we can get back to that point, that's one of the most important steps to take. Thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusion. Stay vigilant.